We welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. We come to give thanks unto the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is. We are excited just to be alive because we have Jesus in our hearts. If you are listening to this broadcast and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would tell you this in much Holy Ghost boldness. You don't even know yet what living is all about. You need to accept Christ. He is your Savior. He died for you. He loved you enough to willingly lay down his life. We're in the Easter season here, and we think about Jesus being crucified. We think about Jesus raising from the dead on the third day. He did all of that suffering, went through all that anguish just for you. Maybe you've never heard the name of Jesus. I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't even know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Well, I'm proud to be able to speak his holy name. And I want to tell you that I accepted him 25 years ago. And he does get sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. I tell you, he won't only save you, but he'll keep you. He is a keeping Savior. I just pray right now at the opening of this broadcast for all of those that may not know precious Jesus as their Savior. I would pray that you would have a hunger to know him right now. I would pray that you would be saying out there, well, if he's real, how do I find him? And Lord, I would pray that they would hear the simple answer. All they have to do is believe that you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world, that you did die for them, and you rose on the third day, and you ascended to heaven. And, Lord, that they would know that all they have to do is ask you to forgive them of all their sins and say that I believe, Jesus, that you will be faithful and just to forgive me because you offered yourself a holy and living sacrifice. Shed your blood through faith in the blood that you were that holy and living sacrifice of the God that never committed sin nor could never commit sin, that you would forgive them and they would be accepted by you no matter what their sin is that you would forgive them when they have a sincere heart. Lord, I thank you that someone out there, I pray more than one right now, is bowing their heart before you, repenting of their sins. They've been searching for something, Lord, looking for peace, looking for a, a purpose for life. And Jesus, they're hearing this message, simplicity of Christ. This is who they've been looking for, you, Jesus. For without you, we're empty, we're forlorn, and we're miserable. No matter how much money we have, no matter how many people love us on the face of the earth, without you, there's a void in our life. And, Lord, I thank you that they're believing it right now. And, Lord, that they're accepting you right now as their personal Savior. And, Lord, you're sending your Holy Spirit to indwell their heart. And you yourself, Lord, will indwell them. And I thank you, Jesus, that they're feeling a peace coming upon them that they have never felt before. And we give you praise for their salvation. And, oh, Lord, I just give you thanks in Jesus' name for souls being saved saved today. And now I encourage you that have accepted Christ as your Savior to get up and go and find a church that preaches truth. Holy Spirit, guide them to a place that preaches Jesus Christ, Him crucified, still preaches about the blood that you shed. Get them in a good church. 
Lord, guide them and protect them from going to one that doesn't preach truth. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be ministering out of the book of 1 Samuel in the Word of God today. And the text we're going to be bringing out is who is able to stand before this holy Lord God. I'll begin to read in uh, verse 19 of chapter 6 in 1 Samuel, and it says this, And he smote the men of Bethmisha, because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. Even he smote the people, 50,000 and threescore and ten men. And the people lamented, because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Bethmisha said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall he go up from us? And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kenarath, saying, The Philistines have brought again the ark of the Lord. Come ye down and fetch it up to you. Now, this is a day and time where the Israelites had lost control of the ark of the Lord and the Philistines had taken it and they dared look in that ark. Now, the Philistines represent people that don't know God. Now, at this time, Samuel was the prophet. And in chapter 7, verse 1, it says this, And the men of Kisharon came, fetched up the ark of the Lord, and brought it into the house of Abendadai in the hill, and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. Now the Israelites had taken it back. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kisharon, and the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. That meant that they were truly sincerely in Israel at this time seeking Jesus. They had a spiritual desire to know him. And Samuel the prophet spoke unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Asheroth from among you. And prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Many times, children of God, we do not understand why do we don't receive deliverance from oppression, deliverance from sickness, deliverance from all types of evil that comes against us. Well, right here is the answer. When we're not receiving our deliverance, we need to make sure that we have not built false, strange gods before the Lord God Jehovah. He is the same God. He is still holy God, always will be a holy God. And in this text, it stood out to me so plain and clear about the holiness of God when the writer of Samuel, <laughs> who was Samuel the prophet, said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom will, shall go up before him for us? You know, who is going to be able to to stand before Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the judge of all mankind. Only those that have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Only those that are truly striving to serve him and serve him alone will be able to stand before a holy God. Jesus is that holy God of Israel. He is the Messiah that came, suffered and died on that cross and was risen on the third day. He is the same 
same. He still is holy. He will not put up with his people serving other gods. We did another program about this same thing. This is just coming forth in another direction, but it is the same principle. We have to realize, church, we are going to appear before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat. His people will be there, and we must have a pure, sincere heart. We have to daily know that we are going before him, walking a walk of repentance, fearing and trembling at the mention of his name. This is what's wrong with the houses of God. The fear and the trembling of God have left most local churches in this nation. I don't know what's going on in your nation, but I can tell you about what's going in mine. The word of God has been compromised. There's sin so many times in the pulpit, in the leadership, and God is the same holy God, and he will not tolerate it. He's going to deal with it, and if it's not repented of, his presence will leave the place. And they may go right on doing works in his name, but he's nowhere to be found. We never want to be in that condition. So the fear of the Lord in the right reverent manner needs to come back to the house of God, to the children of God. And what Samuel was saying in 7 and 3, Samuel spoke unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, there it is, with all your hearts, return unto the Lord even today. With all your heart. Don't, don't come to him with half of your heart, a fourth of your heart. Wanting to still compromise in the world and in your lifestyle. Still have filthy evil speech. Still have anger and bitterness and resentment and evil in your heart. And think that you can get away with it. You know, don't cheapen the grace of God. Paul said in the book of Romans, do not frustrate the grace of God. Do not cheapen that grace. Take advantage of it. Think, oh, well, God will have mercy. Oh, well, God understands I'm only human. We must stop making excuses for our sin because that sin can become a strange God. That sin in your heart that you want to overlook, the lust of your eyes, the pride of life, the things that you're trying to ignore, the little things, the Word of God says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. Hallelujah. Jesus has not changed. Jesus is holy. Jesus' Word is holy, and He still demands holiness from His people, or He will not receive them. We cannot expect that flesh is ever accepted by our God. God has not changed, neither has his word. So prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Get your heart cleaned and serve him only, that scripture says. And serve him only. Those will be the people that will be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. Because the blood of Jesus will be afresh and new over their lives. Uh, they will not say, oh Lord, Lord, but you knew us. And he'll say, oh no, I never knew you. I never knew you. And they'll say, but we prophesied in your name. But we cast out devils in your name. Glory to God. So the power of God can move through a human being that does not have a pure heart after God. My, my, my. A heart after God of purity 
and sincerity. We are so easily deceived to think that because God is using a vessel that that heart is right. We're too quick to assume that just because the power of God moves in the place that the vessel that God is using is clean in their heart. We can't take anything for granted. That's why Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their fruit. How are they living every day? Glory to God. Jesus said it profoundly to those people that came and said, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. I tell you, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word of God. Doesn't necessarily mean that the vessel is clean in the heart. So I challenge you today, what is your spiritual condition? How are you going to be found when you on that day or I on that day, let the, let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to us the same thing that was spoken through the prophet Samuel to the church of God back in the Old Testament. He challenged them. He said, all right, if you're in that mode of lamenting, repenting, and beginning to turn from your strange gods and coming back to God, he said to told them how to do it. Come back with a clean heart. Clean your heart up. This is a heart matter. This is a relationship matter. The heart is desperately wicked without God. You can put no confidence in your flesh. We must stay before the Lord. That's why the Lord told me a week or so ago in my secret place time, he said, go and tell my people, go and tell my people to get back to Bethel. Go tell them to come back to the altar and present their whole body a living and sacrifice before me. And he said, then the fire of God will come down and accept us. God will not come down and consume us with his very presence. For God is a holy and living God. And he is a consuming fire. And he wants to consume. He wants to possess his people. He wants to be Lord over every area of our life. And because we have these strange gods before him, mostly self, mostly things, mostly stuff, mostly other people. It all always goes right back to self. The pleasures of this life, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, so on and so forth. That God has, says he's got to have a people that will lay on the altar and pray through and until he can open their eyes to the things in their heart that are still unlike him. Jesus desires to conform a vessel into his image. And it's up to us. It's our responsibility to make the decision not to serve other gods. We need to be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And say when they were confronted with being thrown in the fiery furnace, when they were confronted with having to die for the cause of Christ, for their Lord and their Savior, they said, if he deliver us, so be it. But if not, so be it. We will not bow our knee to another god. They were sincere. They were pure in heart. They didn't. They, if it cost them their life, they put their confidence and their trust Trust in their God. And we know the end of that story. Look at the blessing that they got. When we were thrown in the furnace, but glory to God. When that king Nebuchadnezzar looked in that furnace, he didn't see three. He saw four. Glory to God. There's a principle there. God will come and consume us with his presence when we serve no other God but him. The power of God will begin to move in your church when the church comes into one mind and one accord and everyone puts away their strange gods. 
out of the reverent fear of Jesus Christ who is still that holy living God. Amen. So put away your strange gods. Let God search your heart today. He's talking to his people. You say, well, this is a message to the lost. No, this is a message to the church. This is a message to God's people. This is a word that we need to hear over and over again. In verse 4 there in chapter 7 it says, Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashroth and served the Lord only. Do you hear that word? Only. They made the choice. Glory to God. Make your choice today. Make your choice to submit your flesh. To present your body a holy and living sacrifice unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Determined to love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and everything that is within you. Desire to, to have that commitment and devotion that Daniel the prophet had. Then he, he bowed his knee. He continued to bow his knee three times a day when the government threw threatened to, to put execute him if he didn't stop bowing to God. Now, I'll tell you what, that is an awesome story. They threw him in the lion's den. Glory to God. But the glory of the story is he didn't whine. He didn't murmur. He didn't turn and beg and, and bow to another God. He went in the lion's den. And again, Jesus Christ came. Again, God sent an angel. Again, God rescued him. I'll tell you what, if we serve the Lord God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. We never need to fear anything else because our God, he will protect his people. He will watch over his people. He will provide for his people that don't have, uh, uh, aren't carrying around their love to other strange gods, but they love him with all their heart. They will even give their life if necessary without a whine, without a thought, or without a complaint. We think about many in the word of God. Apostle Paul, he ended it. They did kill him, but hey, he got the greatest deliverance, and he said he was finished. He was ready. He was ready to be offered, he said. He said he had fought the good fight of faith. He was ready to depart. He had finished his course. How about you? Are we going to finish our course with a whole heart? Are we going to be able to stand? That's the question. Who can stand before the holy God? If you've fought the good fight of faith, <laughs> no matter what you going through if your heart is sincerely after God and you're not playing church and you're not playing around and you're not living two lives one day in the flesh one day in the spirit but you're submitted to God you present your body to him a holy living sacrifice if you've given up control of your life in every area if you no longer desire that flesh if you no longer follow after the world you're not serving other gods your God is going to be there you're going to be able to walk before that holy God Jesus on that judgment day and it's going to be the blood over you and he's going to say enter in my good and faithful servant well done well done well done you overcame because of your testimony you overcame because you kept your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ you would not compromise the world every time I convicted you of sin you repented and that true repentance is sincere and that true repentance brings forth, oh, a change. You don't keep sinning. No, remember he told the woman at the well, church, he said, go, your sins are forgiven, but go and sin no more. Too much playing, too much compromising, too much watered down word. 
And I'm telling you the truth. Jesus Christ is with us. Jesus Christ is here. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. If you need to repent as we close this broadcast, bow your head right now, children of God, and get your heart right. Lord Jesus, we just pray for all of your children that have truly received this word, felt the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and they're allowing you to examine their heart, and they're seeing that there is compromise in some areas of their life and Lord they love you enough to say God I'm guilty God I confess my sin and God I ask you for the grace that I get up and go I know you will forgive me and that I get up from this place of repentance and I begin to prepare my heart oh for one day I will stand before a holy God and I want to be clean and I want to be I want to be in right position with you Lord even if it means unto death lord i know you'll be there with me and i know your grace will be sufficient all it matters lord is that i serve you with all my heart all my mind and all my soul god bless you church live it right jesus wants us to get rapture ready don't play games with god he never can receive the flesh the flesh is a stench in his nostrils get right live right through the power and the grace of god Jesus said on that cross, it is finished, so we have no excuse. He gave us power over the flesh as well as over all the demonic force in this world. You are God's people, and he desires that you be holy as he is holy. That is the word, is it not? God bless you in the Lord's name. He willing, we will be back next week on the I truly do believe in Jesus. I love him so much. How about you? God bless you.